0: This is the Learning Capacity Podcast. You're with Colin Klupik. A warm welcome to you wherever you happen to be listening in. This podcast is brought to you by LearnFast Australia, improving student learning outcomes with neuroscience programs since 1999. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Martha Burns, Director of Neuroscience Education at Scientific Learning Corporation, about the concept of critical thinking. Do you ever think much about thinking? In this discussion, we focus on the topic from the perspective of questions raised by two teachers – Ever wonder why someone can't quite see things from your perspective, or why students find it hard to develop literary technique? Or how about artistic endeavours? Why is critical thinking such an important aspect to the artistic process? As we'll hear, there's more to thinking than just saying, I'll think about it. Dr. Burns, welcome to The Conversation.
1: Well, thank you. It's lovely to be here again.
0: And great to be talking with you again. Critical thinking. Firstly, how do we define critical thinking? And does it mean different things to different people?
1: Yes, it does mean different things to different people. So there are different definitions depending on the perspective you come from. Generally speaking, most people think of critical thinking as thinking about thinking. So I'm... I'm cr- I'm doing a critical thinking task when I don't just do a do something by rote, you know. I actually start thinking about what is the best way to do it, or should I do it a different way than I've done it in the past, and and that is usually the definition of critical thinking: is you are thinking about the process of thinking itself.
0: So. I'd like to approach this the, or the rest of this conversation from two conversations that I recently had with teachers uh, and from different fields, so um, English and visual arts, so uh, fields that are quite distinctly different. So right. let's, let's start off with the English teacher. now I'll just need to explain the the context here. The teacher tells me that students often have difficulty critically analyzing literature, and they have problems with literary technique in that they struggle to see what an author is trying to show them in a piece of literature. And so there seems to be a problem with perception and an aversion to risk in expressing their interpretation of the work. Hmm. What's going on in the brain when this is happening?
1: Well, that's also an excellent question, and it's one that neuroscientists have been investigating for quite a while. Um, There was a paper done in 2011 by Marcel Just um, about this very concept of, of reading and going beyond paraphrasing what you read to actually understanding the intent of an author, understanding the perspective that the author's taking, and trying to delve into why it's being written the way it is. Um, sometimes in the United States, that's referred to as deep reading or close reading. Uh, But in general, I would say from the standpoint of neuroscientists, that involves taking the perspective of the writer. And whenever we take the perspective of someone else, as opposed to just taking the literal meaning, I read the paragraph, the paragraph says that the boy went to to the movies, and the movie he saw was X, Y, and Z, and he went with three friends and he came home. That's the literal interpretation. The second I start going beyond that literal interpretation and start trying to understand why the paragraph was written, what else the author was trying to communicate, how those children felt when they went to the movies, I'm actually moving into an area called theory of mind the ability to put myself in someone else's shoes, the ability to see the world from someone else's perspective other than my own. And that is a skill that we acquire. It involves the right hemisphere. It's a skill that we acquire. We start acquiring when we're four and five, when we share and when we try to take the perspective of others. And then that is that Theory of mind, that capacity to take the perspective of an author um, and delve deeply into what's written, continues to develop through literature. So the teacher is actually, when she's teaching that kind of critical reading, that teacher is actually building up the student's capacity not just to interpret literature, but to also see the world itself from the viewpoint of other people and to understand that we all might have different perspectives on every situation that's out there.
0: Did I hear that correctly that you were saying that this this process starts from around about the age of 5?
1: Yep. Okay. Around 4 to 5 years of age, yeah.
0: Okay. So we need to then think about strategies to help students understand this position. What what kind of examples would you give or what sort of strategies would could you could you use with uh, a child of around about the age of four or five, when when this is starting to develop, and what sort of strategies would you then move into as the student moves into sort of middle high school?
1: That's really a good question. With young children, one of the ways that we might work on that is something called a barrier game. So I might um, I might have a dollhouse, for example, if it's a girl or couple of girls, and they see the dollhouse, they're sitting across the table from me, the dollhouse is on the table, and they see the dollhouse from the front of the house, and I see the dollhouse from the back of the house, and we might play a game where we take turns asking questions about what we can see but what the other person can't see, and then changing our position on the table and realizing that I can't know anything about what color the front door is of the house if I'm standing at the back of the house. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with barrier games in lots of ways. You can just put up a curtain and people pick objects and they describe the objects they have so that the other person will know what they see. So that's the beginning of it, learning that I can see things you can't see. I can feel things you can't feel. I can hear things you can't hear and then as you move and, and another way we work on it with young children is sharing you know it, it if you enjoy working with it chances are he will too mm-hmm. then as students get older, especially students who have trouble with social skills, we start to try to build in how do you feel when this happens to you how what do you think? someone else feels when it happens to them to talk about it in terms of taking perspective of feelings so I just had a birthday party and I got three wonderful presents how did that make me feel it made me happy so if I wanted to make someone else happy what might I do and then actually by about year five in school or six you start learning it from literature. That's what literature, especially novels, are, is learning to take the perspective of all the different characters in the story.
0: So to, to take this to the kind of middle, high school uh, age group, and I'm sort of pitching this at around about, say, I don't know, 14 to 16, something like that. Okay. Okay. Let's say the, the English teacher is in that lesson to to then take the students into a discussion where they perhaps reframe what they're reading in terms of their interactions with each other to, and then to talk about their, their individual perspectives. Is, is this the kind of direction that we're heading with this?
1: Exactly. And you can also do things like role-playing. So you can ask a student, what do you think you would have done in this situation if you were in that situation? Um, would you have done the same thing the character in the book did? Or would you have handled it differently? And, and if you go around a class, you'll discover that probably each of the students would say, well, I don't know that I would have done what he did. I think I might have done something else. Um, so all of that works, yes.
0: So again, coming back to something I mentioned in a previous conversation that we had, again, this is all assuming, of course, that the students have good skills with language and communication.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: So if that's not the case... If we have a class where we think that a student's general level of literacy is lower than it should be, or it could be better than it is, how do we, how do we develop strategies that can help people take that other perspective when language is a barrier?
1: That's really, that is a $64,000 question. And one of the ways that I do it with students who have language issues or who have, um, communication issues is I'll start with things like multiple meanings of words um, so the word uh, you know we could almost take anything but we we have the word tree for example and we all know what a tree is but what is a family tree what is a shoe tree what is the tree of life what would that possibly mean and and so you can start with more concrete examples of Language being the same word being interpreted depending upon a different perspective or what we might call context. And then build into that um, the idea that people have different feelings, different responses to situations. But you're correct, the way we talk about it is with language. And if when students have a problem with language, you have to go to a more basic language level.
0: Okay, so if we're assuming that we can't, or if we're experiencing, I should say, that we can't effectively communicate uh, critical analysis of literature, then we really do need to dive into the fundamentals of their language skills first, just to ascertain whether we're actually starting off on a on, on a level playing field.
1: That's right, exactly. Okay,
0: yes. so moving now to visual arts, the, the teacher expressed the importance of critical thinking in that uh, in art, critical thinking was described by this person as an emerging thing. So you start with nothing, you develop an idea, and you evaluate it critically as you develop your idea, and then you let critical thinking continue to inform the development of the artwork. So in this case, given that critical thinking is a longer process, how can we develop and maintain that process?
1: That's really a good question, and and it it's... um. It, it involves some, some very complex ways of, of thought in general. I mean, one of the things critical thinking involves from the perspective of the art teacher, and she's right, it is emerging, it is evolving, um, is getting the student to evaluate their own work or their own ideas. So she's getting into another level going beyond the English teacher who's saying let's let's take the perspective of the author she's going the art teacher is saying well let's just evaluate our own ideas let's just look at our own ideas um, from the perspective of of someone else but also from the standpoint of evaluating them and and thinking about them so so we that gets into to words like insight and judgment and flexibility and having an open mind, so an artist if if you're going to do that in an art class, it means you might start with the idea that I want to paint the ba- a barn because I think barns are really pretty, and I love the the barn against a blue sky and the green, lush crops growing around it. But I might then say, but that's not very interesting. Everybody does that. How do I want to make it different? I think I want to make it different by showing how my art is reflecting that we're losing our farms. And we don't have those barns anymore now. What we're having is big, huge um, conglomerates. So so make the barn in my painting worn out and and show the past and how we're losing this wonderful aspect of our society. So I'm thinking about my concept, I'm thinking about my idea, and I'm criticizing myself as I go along. And that self-critiquing is what's involved in insight. It's probably involved in many of the higher level artistic fields.
0: And I mentioned that that element of self-criticism could be quite difficult for people. So we're probably entering into a whole new area of what's going on in the brain now because people might start to feel uncomfortable with what they feel about themselves.
1: That's true. That's true. And I think I think if you look at a lot of artists and their biographies, you'll find that they are people who, who are self-examining all the time and are pretty hard on themselves. I mean, you know, they're not many times... They're depressed. Yeah, you know Van Gogh cut his ear
0: off. So,
1: (laughs) so, uh, so I think that does that is there's a comfort level there that that can be challenging.
0: Is this a case again of just a long, slow process of communicating the importance of thinking about one's own ideas and developing insight into one's own thoughts and becoming more comfortable with critiquing one's one's own. Productions, I suppose, or, or creations. Yes.
1: I would say yes. And I would say that that as you take that to the logical extreme, if I'm not an artist, this would make no sense to me. If I if I am not interested in color and shape and form and and I'm not I don't like to sit down and sketch, then if you said, Well, let's be critical of your drawing, I would go, What? Well I know it's Awful, you know. (laughs) So I think that that's in some of these cases when we get into critical thinking at that level, we're really getting into the mind of the artist, but we're also getting into um, being an artist as opposed to just being a year eight student who's in art class.
0: Mm. So it sounds to me as if this is just more hard work, as in it's it's not you can't just sit down and draw a picture and think, okay, that's that's my excursion into art. It it is a it's a serious long term undertaking which requires some pretty higher order thinking.
1: Yes, I would agree.
0: Now, something I've noticed just as we've been talking about these two different scenarios is that the the concept of lots of communication and lots of talking seems to be emerging out of both of them. So you need to be talking with the students about all these different perspectives and, and using different strategies. There seems to be a uh, a movement in education now, which takes the teacher away from the centre. So there's the student-driven model, etc. And mm-hmm. and I think there's value in that. But what I'm also hearing in this conversation is, is that there's value in lots and lots of talking with the teacher. What do you make of that?
1: Well, that's that's there was a, a he was a philosopher and a linguist Vygotsky, who believed that. That as we develop as communicators, we develop what we call inner speech. And it's our inner speech that starts to guide us as we mature and as we learn. So we start by talking out loud. But, but then if you think about the art teacher and what she's saying about critical thinking, you're asking the person to, to start becoming contemplative and to start thinking about their own thought process, Um, and if we have a teacher always telling us what to do, we're less likely to start engaging in that self-examination, no matter what field you're talking about, whether you're talking about literature, whether you're talking about art, whether you're talking about music. Ultimately, I think the goal of education is we become our own teachers. We become our our own critics. Who And so that every day we try to do our job a little better than we did before, and every day we set goals for ourselves to, to make our life more meaningful or to produce a better product than what we produced last time. And if we think of that role of education, of not just sharing content, not just having a library of books that I can say I read by the time I got to year 12, but rather to say... I learned to examine my thoughts. I learned to be organized. I learned to be goal oriented. I learned to be, to be, um, to be thoughtful, and to think about things before I do them. Then that model of bringing the teacher out and having the students start to become their own teacher is a very, very interesting one. I love it. I love that that's the direction that that a lot of people are going in education.
0: So, some very, uh, well, thought-provoking insights there on critical thinking. Dr. Bones, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Learning Capacity Podcast, brought to you by LearnFast Australia. If you'd like to comment on this podcast, send us an email to feedback at learnfastgroup.com.au and to find out more about LearnFast, visit learnfasthome.com.au where you can also subscribe to the blog. Until next time, bye for now.